the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God is perfectly clear on the subject. He uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. We'll take a look at that in depth next here on Truth For Today. Join us. When you want to see God's power on display, look for something that's inadequate, someone that's foolish. You'll probably find it there. Hi, and welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard takes us back to 2 Corinthians as we focus in on the human inadequacy, the conduit for God's power. Make it a point to join us and be encouraged, especially if you find yourself rather inadequate. That's when God seems to work the best. With today's broadcast of Truth For Today, here's Pastor Phil Howard. I heard a lecture that uh, Alistair Begg gave at a seminary a while back on this theme. I'm sure many things that I will be saying that sounds terrific, I'm probably, he's bled into me. He did a marvelous job. But I happened to be in the very book that he was preaching and bringing out Human inadequacy, the conduit for God's power. It's, it goes this way in church work. You see it all the time. Uh, you have two extremes. You've got the people who say, uh, I couldn't do it. I, I, I'm not able. Uh, I'm not that talented. I'm not that gifted. Or you, I find people, I, I've been so bad. I, I've done so many wrong things. Or I'm so unworthy. And, and they keep on the feeling unworthy is one thing. It might be a sign of humility, but it can go to the point, uh, God can't do anything with me. You just don't know how inadequate I am. Or you go to this other extreme of perfectionism. Uh, always, no matter how much or how good you are, it's never quite good enough. Because it has to be nearly perfect because you're a perfectionist. And, and it's got to be this way. Or you got someone groveling over here, unavailable. I can't. I don't have the talent. I don't have the whatever. And pretty soon you're caught in this dilemma. Am I saying I'm so inadequate, I'm not available? Or I'm so good that I'm being shelved by God because I've got pride. What, what is the biblical? What is the biblical way we should approach this? Excellence in the Bible is not the elimination of human inadequacy. Excellence in the biblical scheme is not the elimination of human inadequacy. But the divine empowerment, the divine empowerment of inadequate people. Biblical excellence is not 
the elimination of human inadequacy, but the divine empowerment of inadequate people. Amen. So everybody in this building is inadequate to do what God is calling them to do. Inadequacy, if you look at a dictionary, it says this, incapable of doing the task before me. That's what the meaning is. Now, let's get the Apostle Paul and what's going on. He's in 2 Corinthians, and now in chapters 10 through 13, he's coming all out to address his critics who are false apostles, they're emissaries of Satan, they're trying to rob you from the gospel, rob you from Christ. And so he is, um, as it were, frustrated with them parading all their credentials, parading all their success. They're kind of health and wealth guys. They're, they say that Paul says, I gave up even being paid. Well, in the Greek world, that means you didn't say anything worth being paid. Because you were measured by how big an honorarium you got on the kind of speaker you were. Great speakers demand great salaries. Paul says, I preach to you for nothing. And they're saying, because your message is worth nothing. Paul said, I came in weakness. I worked with my hands. I worked with leather. Uh, I didn't charge. I didn't do any of this. And they keep attacking. Well, you don't know how to speak. You're not authentic. You're not this. So, listen to what he says. Chapter 11, verse 1. I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. And what does he mean by that? Go back to chapter 10, verse 15. We do not boast beyond limit in the labors of others, but our hope is that as your faith increases... Our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged so that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you without boasting of work already done in another's area of influence. Let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. Over 13 times he's going to mention the word boast. That's going to be a leading theme. Uh, If we boast, we're going to boast in the Lord. Okay. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. It's not your press release about how great you are that will ultimately win the day. You cannot promote yourself and Jesus Christ at the same time. It's not him who commends himself that is approved of God. I'm a great preacher. Oh, you are? According to you, who? I had a preacher friend of mine that he was riding home from church and he was telling his wife there wasn't many great preachers. And he said, I can only uh, think of about five of them. And his wife said, well, I think there's one less than you're thinking. (laughs) It's not he who commends himself that's commended. Your commendation must come from God. Now he goes in, bear with me in my foolishness. How will you be foolish? Go back down to verse 16. 
I repeat, let no one think me foolish. But even if you do, accept me as a fool, so that I too may boast a little. In the book of Proverbs, a fool is a braggart. A fool boasts of himself. So Paul said, uh, I'm telling you, I'm going to act like a fool because I'm going to start giving you my credentials. I want to start telling you. And he said, what I am saying with this boastful confidence, I, not, I don't say it as the Lord would, but as a fool. You, you see that? Verse 7, I know what I'm going to do right now is really foolish. I shouldn't even have to do it. What are you saying? Well, since they boast about the flesh, I too will boast. For you gladly bear with fools, these false teachers, being wise yourselves. For you bear it if someone makes slaves of you or devours you or takes advantage of you or puts you on airs or strikes you in the face. To my shame, I must say, we were too weak for that. Can you sense the outrage and the sarcasm? We wouldn't slap you. We wouldn't hurt you. You take it gladly when these false apostles rob you, slap you, deprive you. But I came to die for you. I came to give myself for you. So bear with me as a fool while I tell you what I've gone through to minister the gospel that I'm accused for being false. Listen. But whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death, five times at the hands of the Jews, the 40 lashes less one. The law said you could give a man 40 lashes in a beating. But if you exceeded it by one stroke, then they could beat you. So they learned to do the 39 to cut allowance. So that's nearly 200 lashes put on his back, of which many times you would die under one lashing. Five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Can you imagine? I don't, whatever the rod looks like. I don't know if shepherd's rod. Or, but imagine just a group of men weighed in on you with clubs. This is a gospel preacher. I'm telling you what I've gone through to make Christ known. And you're calling me false? What have any of us gone through? Once I was stoned. That was at Derby. I, I can't imagine. I, I, I just, I can't imagine. How does a man survive a stoning? Stephen didn't. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. Had to be holding on to a log or something. No life preservers in those days. I've been on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, 
dangers for my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardships through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. He asked Timothy to bring him something to keep him warm while he was in prison. Apart from the other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. I thought you weren't supposed to worry. Same word, care, anxiety. Same word, Philippians says, don't be anxious about anything. Paul said, I'm just telling you, part of my whole, all of my suffering is I can never keep the church off my mind. I'm always got the church. Well, what do you mean, Paul? You worry, wor what are you worrying about in churches? Listen to what he says. Who is weak? This is my worry. Who is weak? Who's being seduced into sin? Who's being seduced away from the gospel? Who is being uh, bailing out a church? Found out a man going to our church has decided to give up the faith. Should I care or not care? Big deal, just get a replacement. No, if he gave up the faith, he's going to lose his soul. Who is weak and I'm not weak? Paul said, I carry this. I started a church in Ephesus. Started a church in Corinth. I started a church, but I've got all these churches every day. They're on my mind. And I'm going down the list. Who's weak? Who's being picked off? Who's giving up the faith? Who's fallen into sin? Who is discouraged? Who is beat up by the devil? Who is having conflict with the brother? Oh, it's a sleepless watch. Who is made to fall? And I am not indignant. That's what his daily care was. And don't most of us just want to go to a church, but I don't want to know any of its problems. I heard someone tell me here the other day, oh, that church is having trouble. And I looked at the guy and said, what church isn't having trouble? We're pastoring people in a fallen world. Every church is having trouble. Every church is under attack. Every church the devil hates. Come on, let's be praying for the churches. Don't compete with them. Pray for them. All churches are under conflict because we're in enemy territory. Do you care? No, I don't go to care. I go to get all my cares lifted. Only those who care can experience what Paul says. Now listen to what he says. Watch this. He's going to give you a theme right here. And this is what throws off. This moves him from the category of the fool. This is, this is outrageous what he's about to do. This is the weakest thing he could have done. Are you ready? Verse 30. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. This is insane. Don't show the false apostles that you're weak. Don't show your enemy your vulnerable point. Don't. Don't tell another man you're weak. He'll take advantage of you. But he said, I will tell you. I am a weak man. Let me be the first to say it. No one does that that wants to win and is proud. 
And then he says, let me tell you, even when I was in Damascus, they let me out over the city wall in a basket. You know what's amazing about that? Of all these sufferings, he winds up at Damascus. You know why? The last time you hear of Damascus in his life, he was taking an entourage of Jews to kill Jewish Christians in the city of Damascus. Now at the end of his ministry, he said, I was in a fish basket being held over the wall. I didn't come riding on a horse this time. This time I fled for my life. He goes on in chapter 12. He's carrying the theme. I'm just giving you the broad strokes. He watched. I must go on boasting. Though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. And he starts telling about being caught up to paradise. Verse 5, on behalf of this man I will boast, but on my own behalf I will not boast except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I'd be speaking the truth. I refrain from it so that no one may think more of me than he sees or hears from me. And aren't we full of trying to make false impressions? And he said, I don't want to get, make you have a false impression that I'm a great guy. I'm a weak man. I'm an inadequate man. No, this can't be Paul. This is Paul. Second Corinthians 3, 4, and 5. Who is adequate for these things? I am inadequate for them. But our adequacy comes from God. He says right up front, John Piper went to a uh, graduation of a seminary and the valedictorian of the class gets up. I want to give glory to God that having gone through the school, I am now adequate for ministry. And John Piper said he wanted to scream to him. said, son, you are not, never will be adequate. No seminary, no anything. I don't care if you're tested genius. You aren't adequate for this ministry. You've got to get another source of power. And some of you say, well, I didn't go to school and I didn't this. I, I've been that. Quit telling God about your weakness and start trusting him for his power. The power is sufficient for the inadequacy. What did he tell those disciples? Well, let me ask you, in all truthfulness, if you were building a company, would you pick the 11 apostles after uh, Judas hung himself? Well, you know, we always say, well, he obviously didn't know how to pick help. One of his hires committed suicide. The others all fled and denied him. Not too good at picking people. Is that the best you can do? That's what a lot of folks are saying about you. God must be desperate to get them in the plan. Say, yeah, God seems to be drawn to weak folks. That's why you're in it. Not many wise. Not many. He didn't say not any. One, one blue blood lady said, thank God I was saved by a letter. If he had said not any, I wouldn't have got in. But he said not many. Here's a man that says, look at, not, he tells about his thorn. And then he goes down here, and we'll look at this our next time. But he goes down to verse 9. And he's hearing this man share his weakness with the church. And he heard the Lord say, My grace 
is sufficient, let me add, for your inadequacy, for your thorn, for whatever. For my power is made perfect in perfect people. Where is it made perfect? Well, I wonder who that could be. Paul said, let's start with me. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. You're out of your mind, Paul. You don't tell people you're weak. They'll take advantage of you. I am telling you, I've always known I wasn't adequate for the job. But I'm operating off of borrowed power. So that the power of Christ, notice, my weaknesses, the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. If you were to read Second Chronicles 26 and the story of uh, Uzziah, it says God was with him and he became powerful. But it says in 26.16, he grew and became powerful until he became proud. And then he entered into the priestly office and thought he could act like the priest. And he walked out a leper and they finally had to put the king of Israel in a separate house, and he died as a leper. And he'd been the king for 52 years. He waxed great in power until he became proud of how powerful and how much success he had. I must say, my fear, and I warn, I'm a thorn in the sign of every young preacher coming up in this church, because you got to be humble when you're no good. And we have to tolerate half of your sermons. I know. I was out there preaching when I had no business. I'll tell you what happened. The battle with pride started when I started getting better. And I started getting more bookings. And larger churches were calling me. And boom, boom. Pretty soon I said, man. I'm, I'm getting well known. Guess what? Then I was the most vulnerable to satanic attack. And that's when I need to fail a little bit. Every man needs to fail just enough to depend. Because I've seen them get up in the stratosphere. And everybody, this is great, this is great. No, no, no. I, I always become fearful. What will they do with success? In the early days of this church, God blessed me by giving me Phil and Luella Ross. And when they came to this church, uh, Westbury in Berkeley was having his struggles and was kind of going down. We were taking off like a wild blaze. It just young people being saved. The church was just growing, just growing. And they would, she always, she was a great cook, always had me over for apple pie. She was a wonderful woman. And she would always say, both she and Phil to the day they died, they said, Pastor, we're praying that the Lord will keep you humble. And sometimes I would get at their house and going through something, I said, could you cut it out? Would you pray he might protect me <laughs> from the critics and this? I said, I, I don't have a chance to get proud. I got too many critics right now. 
They said, no, no, no. We've seen many a young preacher arise and diminish because pride got in there. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time together today, if this broadcast and this ministry encourages you in your walk with Christ, and you happen to be looking for a church that does just that, we would invite you to contact valleybible.org. Pastor Phil is Pastor Emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, and while he is no longer in the pulpit, we are still very much a part of this church body, and we would invite you to come and join us for worship. For more information, again, valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Blessed be the name.